0: Welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Happy Monday, Beth. Happy Monday, Christy. What a long week we've had. Uh, Yeah. Lots of long. Last week.
1: Days and all yeah. the things. Yes. We've all been the busy. Things. We've been busy recording all the things for your enjoyment so that when we are on vacation, we can still drop stuff.
0: Yeah, Pretty and we're realistic. super excited to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because we love you and we appreciate you and we're excited for vacation. Mm-hmm. Christy is already on vacation. Um, yeah, I am week. right now. I'm not yep. even here. Yep, not even here. <laughs> so um, while you're enjoying your summer break, I did just want to uh, mention that, so what you know, we Christy and I, we watch Seeking Sister Wives, which is no longer a thing, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, they're not coming back for another season. Oh, bummer. I know. I read that. The reason I read that is because they dropped another show called Seeking Brother Husbands, where it is one woman who has multiple husbands. And I, well, I sure did. I sure did watch it. I've started it. I think I've watched three episodes and... Um, I don't want to spoiler anything, but do I need to watch it? I don't get. Hold on, okay. I give me a minute and let me go in a little bit further and see how things play out. But from where I'm sitting right now, two episodes in, two or three, I think two. You know, in seeking sister wives, the wives are also seeking a sister mm-hmm. wives. Mm-hmm. In seeking brother husbands, mm. the brother husbands. Are not hmm. seeking other brother husbands. They're for the most part like I'm not okay with this. And yeah. you need to slow down. It's not their jam. And I really kind of feel bad for them because they love this woman. But they I don't know. You guys tell me what you think. Again, but they only went a couple into, episodes.
1: They went into this knowing that's
0: what this woman does, right? No, not entirely. Oh. Some of them were married and it evolved into oh. now we should bring in another husband. Now, okay. From okay. what I understand. And I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit bullcrap. That's what I think. I don't <laughs> really know what's going on yet. So if you guys have watched the whole thing, let me know what you think. I'm, I'm in it to win it. I'm definitely going to finish because it's just what I do. Um, but yeah, and I'm not sure I can recommend. Okay. Well, I appreciate this your time. honesty on that. Yes. I'm so I just, up. it's an interesting okay. show. What I can recommend, I did watch the Anna Nicole Smith documentary on the Netflix. It's pivoting. I watched that while I was making breakfast and dinner. And that's a good one. I don't know if I can get behind it. She had a really tragic life.
1: I do understand that, but I'm yeah. still not sure I can get behind it. I have not well, had any interest in it. So,
0: well, I did, and I watched it, and I thought it was good, and I can recommend it. Okay, okay. In other Focus. news, okay, we uh, yeah yeah okay. <laughs> So we have a very um, eclectic podcast community that we are a part of. And every now and then, as you guys know, we like to do a collaboration. doesn't happen often, but it has happened. Mm-hmm. And so you will notice an extra episode in your feed midweek this week from uh, another podcast family, Twisted and Uncorked. Mm-hmm. Christy is also telling a crime on their Feed. So if you want to head over there and hear her, um, and then they're also telling you a crime on ours, the theme is Best Friend Crimes. It's interesting the takes that we both, the routes that we both went with that theme. So it's a very different episode, um, and, you know, if you enjoy them, you can head over to their feed and, and support them, and yeah.
1: yeah. And we chose that theme because... We clearly are best friends who do a podcast together, and they are also friends, best friends that do a podcast together virtually, just like we do. So, right, we chose that theme, and we definitely went in different directions, and it was interesting to, to hear that it was. So. Yeah, it was.
0: So, it's very different episode. Um, so it's coming midweek. You're still going to get your Monday episode next week. So, um, this is just a bonus, something for fun to fill your time, and yeah. There you have it. That's all my news. Well, if we don't have anything else, then I think we might have a crime to get let's to. Let's
1: do a crime. And I think that this one's a little bit more well-known than most of ours, but okay. it's, it's still interesting.
0: And sad. Me.
1: They Very always sad. are. Very yeah. sad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to it. Here we go. This case was suggested by one of our listeners over on YouTube. I think it might be the first one we've done on, that we got suggested on YouTube. You know,
0: typically people write uh, no. in. No. No? I've gotten several on YouTube. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Just kidding. Yeah. I lied. I lied. But anyway, <laughs> one of them I couldn't ever get a hold of the person that suggested it, and so I don't even know if they heard it. Oh, well, but if they're on our YouTube, then probably. I know. They never commented, though. <laughs> oh, <No>. okay. Well, <laughs> I'm mean. Comment needy. if you did. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: hint, hint. <laughs> um, well, this is Ashley. I don't know who your person was, but this was suggested by Ashley over on YouTube. Okay. Um, and I actually did not ask her if we could shout her out. So, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you didn't want me to, but thank you for suggesting it. <laughs> I feel like most people say it's fine unless they have some yes. sort of connection, like personal connection where they're like, mm-hmm. "We don't want my name out there." Right. And this mm-hmm. I did not get that impression with this one. So, okay. Anyway, okay. So, it was a big case at the time. I want to say it was probably nationally on, you know, national news, but I I don't know. It happened in Jacksonville, Florida in 1998. Oh. Okay. I was in school in St. Augustine, Florida, at the time this happened, so I remember it. I wasn't into true crime, but when I turned on the television, it right. was all over. So you knew, especially being close to that close to the area, we're like 45 mm-hmm. minutes south. We knew about it. We knew what was happening. So anyway, I have heard it on a couple of podcasts. Um, it's just unsettling and all around this case. So anyway,
0: it's just oh no,
1: yes. Sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you, but you know it. I know you know it because it's on one of the podcasts that you listen to. So anyway. Okay. It's the case of Maddie Clifton.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Maddie was born on June 17th, 1990 to Sheila and Steve Clifton. They also had another daughter named Jessica who was about three years older than Maddie. And from what I heard on – because Jessica did a podcast, your mm-hmm. favorite podcast. Um hmm she was on there after they did this story and kind of like giving them like updates on certain things and like corrections about stuff. But she had mentioned that how her parents were married for 25 years, which I did read in another article. 25 years together, 30. Like how? Like it's just they were. She said they got married at like 21 and didn't have kids until they were 30. Like they waited. Oh. Like really enjoyed themselves until they had you know before they. Had that's married. what we did. Yes, that's what people say to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like enjoy that time before you have kids. I don't. Mm, we did not wait. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but there was lots of circumstances surrounding that. So right. you know, anyway, this is fine. But it all's fine out either me. way. Either way, it's totally fine. But anyways, I just thought it was sweet and heard that's part of the story and it was kind of cool. So yeah. anyway, Maddie's favorite color was purple. She loved playing the piano and was very good at basketball. Her sister said she was a happy tomboy when she described her, which. I feel like my sister would have described me the exact same way when I was uh, Yes. I was just going to say that sounds a little like you. <laughs> yes, total happy tomboy. Yeah. The family lived in a neighborhood called Lakewood. It's about 15 minutes south of the actual city of Jacksonville, if you know where that is. It's on the east coast of Florida, way north. And it's, like I said, 45 minutes from the school that I was at at the time. On November 3rd, 1998, Maddie was eight years old and Jessica was 11. It was election day.
0: Oh, my gosh. Presidential election? Who was it? Oh, you know what? I didn't look it up. (laughs) I
1: don't even know if it was presidential. Would it be? 98? I don't think so. I don't think 98. No, I don't think so. But anyway, it was just election day. Sheila, who was mom, got home around 5 p.m. from doing her civic duty. Maddie wanted nothing more than to go outside and play with her friends, so Sheila was like, "Go ahead, go for it." But we're gonna have dinner together, so just be sure to like come in when I call you. You know,
0: like we all did when we were younger.
1: Like mm-hmm. well, You heard your mom's call, and you're like, "Oh, gotta go." Yeah. Or <laughs> so one marred. other
0: another mom would call their kids in, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, well, I better go home too because it's probably dinner time." <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. So, anyway, she was down the street hitting golf balls with some of the other neighborhood kids and at one point she like they ran out of golf balls and she left to go find some more at home. and She couldn't find any. And so she left again to just kind of try and find some from somewhere else, I guess. Jessie had piano practice and had to get some homework done, so she was not outside playing with okay. the kids she normally would have been. Around 6:30, Sheila called for them to come in to dinner, in for dinner. And Jessie was like, uh, Maddie's not here. Maddie's not with me. Like, what's going on? So she went out walking the neighborhood, figuring she'd run into her somewhere down the street. It was only like three houses down that she was hanging out at.
0: Mm-hmm. And she
1: didn't see her. And so she was like, mm, this is kind of strange. And she knew something was off pretty quickly. So she called mm-hmm. 911, told them that her daughter went out to play. She's missing. She didn't come home for dinner, and she was not out in the neighborhood, and she was last seen around like five or a little bit after five when she had come back looking for the golf balls. Right. She was wearing a red t-shirt and jeans. Police came, started searching immediately, talking to all the neighbors, searching the homes in the neighborhood, including the house across the street, which was owned by Steve and Missy Phillips, and they had a 14-year-old son named Josh. Josh had said that he saw Maddie walking up the street not long before and he – so he was like offering to come and help. He's like, I just saw her walking this way. So then they started getting nervous that, well, maybe she was just taken. You know, like she's kidnapped. She was just walking up the street. Nobody else saw anything happening and she just vanished into thin air. air, So maybe Mm -hmm. somebody came along and grabbed her. It really – Maddie's disappearance really hit this community hard and for days – they rallied together searching for Maddie. I mean, I saw some, like, news um, interviews of people just, like, in the streets, like, looking, searching. Mm
0: -hmm. 4,000
1: people, they said. Wow. Had come out to, like, assist the police and, like, just kind of spread out and do, like, a search of the whole area.
0: Yeah. That's so nice. It is nice. I mean – It makes me – it's terrible that they had to do that because humans are awful, but, like, humans are not all awful. No, They're not. They're not, and
1: this community definitely is not. They were real shaken by her disappearance. The National Guard was even called in, and they walked like the sewers, basically, to look for her in case she hmm. had been dumped. I guess. Um, it was if if she disappeared into thin air, because like I said, nobody saw. Besides Josh saying she saw, he saw him walking up the street, and the kids that he played with, or she had played with earlier. All of a sudden, she was just gone. Hmm. So seven days into the search on November 10th, they were no closer to finding Maddie than they had initially been. Missy Phillips, who was the neighbor right across the street from them, mm-hmm. Josh's mom, went into Josh's room. Like Josh had gone off to school and she was like tired of telling him to clean up. So she went into the clean his room and there because there had been this smell that they had noticed, mm. but they assumed it was they had animals he had birds he had they had dogs they just assumed it was something to do with the animals or his waterbed because he had a waterbed so if it had been leaking it would kind of have a mildewy smell
0: yeah because even the police water beds. my god I, I know cannot think about a waterbed and not like roll my eyes and laugh
1: <laughs> anybody out there still have a waterbed
0: uh, i know right I'm curious. they're not i don't think they're safe even I don't know I don't know anything about
1: that, but I remember I think it was an uncle or somebody somebody in my family had a waterbed. I feel like it was somebody out in California when I was little. My but sister
0: had a water bed, oh gosh, <laughs> growing up like when she was a teenager, she wanted it for Christmas or something, and they got her a waterbed and you would oh it was like a blown up bubble in a box right. and you would fall in between the waterbed like the Bubble, they're not safe. I'm just telling yeah.
1: you. <laughs> oh, like the the part that like kept it in, like the bot, yeah, the like, thing
0: around the edges. Yeah, you'd get, your arm would be stuck in there. Like you'd wake up in the morning and your arm would be stuck in between. Oh. Like,
1: the yeah. thing. <laughs> I never slept in one. I remember like rolling around in one, thinking this is yeah. fun. <laughs> right. But I don't remember like so
0: hilarious. Areas. Anyways,
1: okay, well, okay. So he has a water bed, and so she. Goes in the room to clean them up. She or clean it up. She sees this wet mark coming from under the bed, and she's like, "Okay, great. The bed is leaking. That's why it stinks in here. Let me try and figure this out." No, mm-hmm. oh, mom. So, I know. Well, I mean, if I saw a water mark underneath my kid's water I know, bed, I would. But anyway, okay. So she started poking around and tried to get a better look at things, and she could see a sock underneath. Is it a mattress? Is that what you call a waterbed thing? But anyways, she started poking around the mattress, found a sock, started to pull on it because she's like, oh, great. One of his socks is under there, but it wouldn't move. So she noticed that the base of the bed like kind of had looked like it had been taken apart at some point. So she did. She took off the front of it and she started to pull that sock again. And then all of a sudden she could see feet.
0: Oh, gosh. I cannot imagine.
1: No, I cannot either. She immediately is like, oh, crap. And leaves the room, calls her husband, leaves him a message at work to call her back, come home immediately, and then runs out the front door to grab a police officer because they're still there. I want to say in one of the articles, um, the uh, Clifton family had just finished like a uh, press conference about huh. Maddie. And the police were wow. still there because it was seven something in the morning. Huh. So grows and grabs a police officer. Not long after that, police police held a press conference saying that they had found the body of Maddie Clifton under the bed of Josh. Oh, my gosh. There's a diagram out there. I don't know if I should post it or not. I mean, it's not terrible, but I still – I don't like the look of it, of how Maddie's body was kind of like shoved up underneath this waterbed. And it even stated that one of her hands was wrapped around like a pole or a bar or some sort of something that was underneath there, which indicated that she was probably likely still alive.
0: Yes. When he put her under there. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: She was also found nude from the waist down. Her oh. clothes were right there with her, but they weren't on her body. Police went to Josh's school and arrested him at the school and brought him to the station. They questioned him without representation or parents there. Eventually, mm-hmm. Steve does come, his dad, and basically – in the interview that I saw, because this was a really old 48 hours that I watched on this, mm-hmm. um, the, his dad was like, I told him, you need to just tell the police everything right now. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Get it out. So here's the story that Josh gave the police. He said Maddie had come over to his house and asked them if he wanted to play. He said that he told her no at first, but she was pretty persistent. Apparently, Josh was not allowed to like have people at his house or be outside when nobody was home. So that's why okay. he said he initially had said no. But she was like, oh, come on, let's play. So he's like, okay, fine. We'll play baseball in the backyard for just a little bit. So he said that he had told her, I'm going to hit a home run over the fence, blah, blah, blah. So he hit the hard the ball as hard as he could. And the ball ends up hitting Maddie in the eye. Mm-hmm. She started to scream and cry, falls to the ground and was bleeding And he got really scared because he knew he wasn't supposed to be outside or have anyone over at his house, and he was scared about how his father would react. Apparently, dad would get angry over things like this and kind of lash out, and there are sources that say he was a drug addict and alcoholic and was abusive towards Josh and his mom. I mean, I'm assuming that it's proven because they say these things, but I don't know. I I haven't seen any proof, but I'm sure – that they did their research. Josh said he panicked, dragged her into the house and into his room. He said Maddie was crying so much and he needed a way to keep her quiet. So he took a baseball bat and hit her over the head two times.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: She was still upset. So he took a pocket knife out. She was still head.
0: upset? Oh, my gosh. Of course she's upset, dude. Well, he's,
1: yeah. No kidding. And he's 14. Like, well, he's a baby himself. She's eight. He's 14. So takes pocket knife out, cuts her throat. Then he puts her under the bed. His father came home not long after that and sat down to watch the news, as he usually does. Josh came out, talked to him real quickly. Dad said he seemed just fine, wasn't acting weird. But then he went to the bathroom and went back into his room, and Josh could hear Maddie was still groaning. So he went back into the room, opened up the bottom of the bed, and stabbed her a couple more times. Like, at some point… <sighs> This kid could have stopped what he was doing. Like, there was several times here that he could have Mm -hmm. been like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? I need to, like, tell somebody. But no. Like, he
0: definitely wanted her dead because she wasn't dead after the baseball hit her. She wasn't dead after the baseball bats. And then she wasn't dead after he cut her throat. Yes. Yeah. And so then he had to finish it.
1: So – I'm, he's, I know he's – like I said earlier, he's 14 and maybe like in the initially he's kind of like, I don't know what to do in this situation. And he made a – but he kept making these bad decisions over and over and over again
0: to this 8-year-old boy, girl. Yeah. Anyway. I, I don't think these, that's a normal reaction either to like no. possibly getting grounded or yelled right. at. No. No. I agree.
1: So Josh continued to act quote unquote normal for a week while everyone searched for Maddie, including him. Mm -hmm. He himself went out to search for her. He had been friends with Jesse and Maddie. He also continued to go to bed every night and slept (gasps) on top of her, essentially. like, How can you do that? I couldn't even imagine. It boggles my mind that a 14-year-old could manage to hold it together for a week With something like that as a secret and like Mm -hmm. going – I don't think I'd be able to go to sleep. Be like, oh, I have to sleep on the couch today. I don't – you know, like I wouldn't be able to go on that bed and –
0: No. And can I ask a question? Sure. Why was she naked from the waist down?
1: Okay. So he said that when he – I'm sorry. I somehow missed that fact in here. Thank you for bringing it up. He said when he dragged her into the house, her clothes came off as he was dragging her.
0: Nope. Mm-mm. So, okay,
1: well, we're going to get to talk about that. So, Josh was arrested, and a grand jury indicted him on first degree murder, and he was going to be tried as an adult. Eight months later, on July 6, 1999, Josh's trial began and it only lasted two days.
0: Hmm.
1: His lawyers did not call one witness, and they also didn't think that it was wise to put him on the stand. So, mm-hmm. basically, there was like no defense. Mm-hmm. Done. Prior to the trial, they had given him a brain scan and found a lesion, I believe they said on the frontal lobe, but I'm not sure, whatever, wherever it was, the lesion was where impulse control is like controlled, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so they thought, well, this is a kind of a defense because if he couldn't control his impulses because of this, then this is why he did it, whatever. Mm-hmm. A judge determined that to be inadmissible though because evidence to diminish capacity is not recognized in Florida as a defense. So he's like, no point. It's not going to be recognized as a defense for him. So no point in even showing it to us.
0: Interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. Something else was ruled as inadmissible or something else that was ruled as inadmissible was the fact that 30 minutes prior to the murder of Maddie, Josh was looking at violent porn sites about like rape and all all that kind of stuff. So pretty bad stuff, which – the thought was that could have caused him to need a release of sexual desires at the time or whatever. Because like you had mentioned, her clothes were off. And what he had said was that it fell off, but they're thinking, mm, probably not. But when the autopsy was done, there was no evidence of sexual assault okay. for her. So they thought that it was inadmissible because he They did not find any evidence
0: that he actually did sexually assault her. So, okay. Well, it might not have been about the actual sex act. I know. I know. But anyway,
1: regardless, without these two things, the jury took two hours to deliberate and they come back with a guilty verdict and Josh was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole at 14.
0: Hmm.
1: So as I mentioned, I watched this very old 48 Hours case um, episode on it. And I'm not a fan of Josh's father in this. Like I said, I don't know 100% about the abuse allegations, but it was stated in multiple places. But at the end of this episode, he makes this statement that I literally – I wanted to punch my computer screen when I was watching it. Okay. Because he said, if Maddie had never gone over there and wasn't so pushy, this wouldn't have happened.
0: Oh, my gosh. Hi, victim blamer. How's your day? And the
1: interviewers were like, "Uh, but you aren't blaming Maddie, are you? (laughs) <laughs> and he's he's like well no but if she hadn't come over we'd both have our children or something along those lines and i was like this is 100% it sure sounds like victim blaming to me like
0: 100% and she's I, 8 come on yes. my dude
1: and you know what it's really funny to me because that entire episode i didn't i didn't see the like bad dad that was being portrayed like he was abusive. I didn't see that. He seemed like a very nice man. He Like the way he was like, you got to tell them the truth right now, blah, blah, blah. I Mm -hmm. liked him. And then that, that's how they ended the episode. And I was like, nope, not, that guy's not okay in my book. He's done. Like he's he's not a a nice thing to say. So anyway, he does unfortunately die in a car accident in the year 2000. So just right after all this happened, just outside of Tallahassee. So Mm. he's, he's no longer with us, but. When people were questioned about signs that they may have missed with Josh, teachers, principals, friends, mm-hmm. family, everyone was like, There's, there was no warning sign. He wow. was a nice, sweet kid. He was like average grades. He wasn't a loner at school like that they had to like, you know, try and find friends for nothing. He loved all his animals, sweet and cuddly with his animals at home. So everyone was like, we didn't miss anything. Like we don't know what's. What happened? Like, why this happened? Is he only is- child? Well, so no, he was born in Pennsylvania, and they lived there for several years. And he had two half siblings mm-hmm. that lived with him a good amount of the time. And then all of a sudden, his dad picked, like up and left with mom and Josh, and left those half siblings. I don't know what side of the family they were on. You know, okay. like, if they were like from mom's previous or his previous. I don't know, but apparently that kind of hit him hard. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he was taken away from these two brothers that he okay. had known. So yes, their only child, but okay. there was other siblings. Okay. So when a psych- psychiatrist spent a couple hours with him, because I think the defense asked somebody to come evaluate him, he said that, – that guy said he came out with more questions than answers, he felt like, with Josh. Hmm. So there's seems like something a little bit more there than we all can see. In more recent articles, there's other information that have come out about Josh that was not initially let out. And according to the sister who did that interview on the other podcast, Morbid is the podcast, by the way, because I'm going to leave. Yeah, Maddie's sister, right? Maddie's sister did an interview with them. She said some of this stuff couldn't come out because it didn't have anything to do with the case. Mm -hmm. But it, I think it's pertinent. And I think everyone else thinks it's pertinent now too. But anyway… Okay. When I heard her corroborating it, because at first I saw it on like random articles and I was like, well, why is this in this article? But I haven't read this before. And so I started, I was a little bit skeptical. But then when I heard her talking about it, I was like, okay, this just didn't come out till later. So, okay. So just prior to the murder, Jesse and Maddie were not allowed to be talking to Josh. So they had been friends. Jessica said, we went and played. He would come and play with the kids up the street. We did play with them. Mm -hmm. However, he apparently had told them a sexually explicit joke like within the weeks before, and the girls Mm -hmm. went home because she was like, we were good kids, and we were like, oh my gosh, you used the word sex, you know, like and told the parents, and they were like, yep, nope, do not hang out with him anymore. We don't want you hanging out with him.
0: Right. I mean, he's a lot older than them too. I mean, it's not a lot older, but the the age, the maturity difference between 8 and 14 is like super dramatic. Jessica was 11,
1: so she's a little bit closer, but still the maturity age difference there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally 100%. So Josh had also according to some people had an obsession with Jesse. I don't know besides this next story like why they're saying that, but this I mean part of this goes into it. She she came home. Jesse had come home from school one day. Well, all of them. It was Jesse, her uh, Jesse, Maddie and her grandmother and there was a window shatter, shattered um at the house and they had like, there was staples in their furniture. Maddie's sheets had been stapled to her, like, box spring. Seems like a really odd thing to do
0: in someone's okay. house. Definitely.
1: And also one of uh, – there was a picture of Jesse missing, which I believe was found later in Josh's room. So oh. that's where I can see it, but I don't know if there was other things that happened that right. caused them to think otherwise the family's cordless phone had also gone missing at one point, the Clifton's cordless phone, and they would get like $500 phone bills for calls to sex hotlines. And they were like, well, we know it's not our girls. They're 8 and 11. Like, this is not happening. Right. And this phone had gone missing. So eventually – Oh, my gosh. You
0: know the mom was probably looking at her husband like, dude, big. is it you?
1: Are you <laughs> that's sexy. what I would mean. I definitely
0: he, would be. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That sucks.
1: <laughs> so anyway, they eventually find that phone like in their backyard. And I think the assumption is that Josh was in their backyard making those calls because it was still like within range. Oh, then, that's like,
0: creepy.
1: That is creepy. And oh. There's something off, clearly. this He is obsessed with sex stuff, sexual things. So – He's right doing all of these things. And I'm assuming that it just died one day, like, and he couldn't make any more phone calls because it was in their backyard and he couldn't charge it from back there. Anyway. Right. It's also been brought out that there's no physical evidence that backs up the story Josh gave to police. There was actually no bruising or blood anywhere from where the ball apparently hit her in the eye. Like, she okay. didn't have any bruising on her face. And so
0: hmm.
1: they were like, that doesn't line up. There was also a lack of dirt on her body. So if he had dragged her where her clothes had come off, right. there would be dirt or even like rub marks, carpet mm-hmm. marks, like, mark, you know, scratches from her pants coming off, something right. on her, which there was not apparently. Mm-hmm. And when Jessie did the interview on the other podcast, she stated that the Phillips backyard has a pool in it that takes up basically the entire yard. Like she's like, it's hard to explain, but it's basically the whole yard and there'd be like a corner over mm. here that has a patch of grass and a corner over here. She's like, not enough space for somebody to play baseball no. in you're like inches away from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, So that didn't make any sense. So also he had stated that Maddie had come over and like rang the doorbell But the neighbor next door, which is like her friend's grandma or something, said that she had seen Josh outside playing in the backyard. Mm -hmm. He was outside already. So Jesse's thought is that Maddie came back home to get more golf balls. There weren't any. And so then she left the house, saw Josh outside, and was like, hey, you got any golf balls we can use? And he was like, (sighs) sure.
0: Yeah, come in and I'll get them for you.
1: Exactly. That's Jesse's Mm. real assumption of what actually happened. He lured her in the house. Yeah. So it's definitely now to me seems a lot more sinister than Josh's this was a total accident story and I panicked. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because initially in my head, which I think was in the head of a lot of people, like trying a 14-year-old as an adult, giving him life without the possibility of parole was kind of – I know that he did something awful. Mm Mm-hmm but i but I think, like I'm about to tell you, in two thousand and twelve legisl- legislation came down that made it unconstitutional to try a minor as an adult and sentence them to life without parole because they're not they're fully, kids, their brains aren't fully formed, they can be rehabilitated, blah 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 blah. so josh, therefore his was his sentence could be re he could he i'm sorry. I can talk
0: right now. (laughs) Words are hard.
1: (laughs) He was due for a resentencing hearing because of this new federal legislation. Because they needed to review that case and make sure this was actually. So that happened in 2017. So it wasn't right away, but it happened. Huh. he had become a model prisoner during that time. He got his GED, became a paralegal. This is the second person that's
0: become a paralegal. And- you know, and that really freaks me out. I just don't think that criminals should have law knowledge. <laughs> I mean, we can't keep it from them, obviously, but like it gives me the willy-jillies.
1: No. Yeah. And he would help, I guess, other inmates inmates with their appeals and he would also yeah. tutor inmates. Anyways. Despite all of this, his sentence was upheld in 2017 at that recent Hmm. resentencing hearing.
0: Interesting.
1: But I think there was a caveat or something that says that he can have another resentencing hearing in 2023. Okay. So I'm keeping my eye out. I haven't seen anything in my research that it's been like scheduled or anything, but I'm going to keep my eye out and see because if there's any petitions, I'll be posting them for y'all's signatures if you want. Yeah. Based on the things that have all come out since his arrest, I totally believe he deserves to stay there because I think it was done like he intended to do it.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: I don't know if he intended to do it to Maddie or just was like I'm going to find someone to do this to. Maddie just happened to cross his path at the time that he was ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think he deserves to stay there. I do think she was lured in by him. And with the fact that he was watching all that violent porn site, and he must have just had curiosity, although he didn't sexually assault her, but it's
0: possible he just didn't even know how, <laughs> you
1: know, to do something like well, that. No,
0: he had been watching if, all that stuff. But there's I, also a type of person that kills, and it is a sex-driven crime. But right. the sex part, they get their sexual gratification from the murder.
1: Right. Yes, this is true.
0: Not from an actual sex act. That's a thing, which is just disgusting.
1: Yeah. It's – yes, very strange to me. That is awful. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So three years after the murder, Sheila and Steve did get divorced, which is – I should have waited to mention this because I was like, wow, they were married for 25 years. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this awful thing that happened just tears people apart. Absolutely. She couldn't move on. She had to move out of that home. She couldn't be there anymore. Um, Jesse and her dad remained in the home, and I read that in 2018. She bought the home from her father because she wanted to live there. She has all memories of the good times with Maddie and just wanted to continue to live there. And she got her bachelor, bachelor degree in criminal justice. Cool. So she's working on probably similar cases to what happened. Yeah. Anyway, she had a lot of knowledge of the law and the case that caused that unconstitutional minor thing to happen uh-huh. and whatever. She was she was I liked listening to her on that morbid episode. I did not listen to the morbid morbid did do an episode on this case. I did not listen to that. I just listened to this chat with her sister and it was right. very interesting. So I'll have it in there. On okay,
0: the, on our show notes. But. Did the Phillips stay there across the street from Maddie and her family?
1: So I think for a short time, but then I believe she – because the dad passed away. Right. She's remarried mm-hmm. now. I did read in an article she remarried. She's not telling anybody what her husband's name is. She wants him to remain anonymous because she's still like – I mean, he's still in jail. She's still fighting for his release. So I – no.
0: Mm-mm. Not
1: getting out. I don't want him to get out.
0: Yeah. gross. gross. That's interesting because I feel like most of the time, you lean – when it comes to a minor and life without parole, you are more like they should be given the chance to
1: 100%. I was be, in this, even in this case until I heard like all the stuff that came right. on after. Right. Yeah.
0: So I actually thought you were going to say – maybe in x amount of years he should be eligible for parole and see if he gets it and i thought that's what you were going to say so it it does surprise me a little i i mean i agree with you i just i thought you'd swing the other way so
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, i'm not kidding you like until i did all the research like I, all i knew was what was out there on you know at the time and then it was like the more recent stuff that had come out and then that chat with jessica i was mm-hmm. like uh no this guy Nope.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is it is really telling, I think, the fact that he attempted in so many different ways to make sure that she was dead. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. and, he, and he lied. Mm-hmm. Yes, even like when he was and,
1: telling all the truth, mm-hmm. according to the dad, I'm telling the truth, which maybe seemed plausible to everyone, so they were like, okay, but then – The evidence is pointing in the other direction, like that it's not. Like she didn't have a bruise on her face. She didn't have dirt all over her butt. You know, that had to have come out really quickly, but they didn't release that.
0: Hmm. So anyway. Interesting case. Sad. It's Mm -hmm. really sad, and it's really sad for both families. Yes, it is. No matter how you swing it. um, These are two young people, young kids who probably could have – done other things maddie for sure yeah anyway it's really sad um rest in peace maddie thank you to ashley for suggesting the case and thank you to the universe that christy got it and (laughs) because there i just seem like it's there's a lot of kids going on right now up in our closet and i'm not here for it at all it's just really they're very nightmarish Mm -hmm. I agree. Including this one. So I am glad that justice was found and that she was found and that he is in prison and that there are a lot of people who are in your boat and fighting the good fight to keep him there. So mm-hmm. yeah. Goodbye, Josh. Yes. Goodbye. Have a nice life in your concrete house. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for telling that story. And thank you guys all for listening. We certainly appreciate you, especially on these kid. Mondays. Dark <laughs> yeah. kid Mondays. Um, I know we sprinkle in some fun ones – not fun ones. That's like, gross to say that, but some easier listening ones and this was definitely not one of them. So mm-hmm. thanks for hanging in there. We'll be back next week with a really fun episode <laughs> that you guys are going to enjoy. Um, we have a little bit of surprise for you, so hang out with us and join us for that. And come find us on social media. If you like what you hear, we have a Patreon. There's always cool stuff going on over there. We really enjoy it. Um, Check out our merch. We've got a cool girl summer. What crime girl summer? That's what it says, right?
1: Oh, yeah. i forgot about that one.
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's a cute one you can get for your uh, summer wearing. And I think it has our tagline on the back too. And yeah, that's it. We love you. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck hide in your closet.